Sigal Shoham, and this is the Conflict Hotline. What you say next can change your world. I will be hosting today's show, and we'll be examining the topic of parenting. With me in the studio to explore the topic are Mickey Kashten, our conflict coach, Jared Finkelstein, and Barbara Cochin, our role players. They'll work together to role play various parenting situations. I'll be watching what they do along with you and asking questions about what happens. Let's start off by looking at a parent-toddler conflict. Hi. So this is a conflict between Emily. How old are you, Emily? I'm three. Wonderful. Emily is being played by Barbara. And this is Sam, who is played by Jared. And let's not get confused between the two. So watch what happens. Emily, I told you five minutes ago that you had to be ready for school. And I see you don't even have your shoes on. Please put your shoes on, and it's time for us to leave. But Daddy, look at my picture. Emily, look I don't want to look at your picture right now. I want you to put your shoes on so we could go. We are running late. Go. No, put your, no, put your shoes no, on. No, Emily, put your shoes no, on. Daddy, Emily. No, Daddy, Thank you. Thank you. <sighs> this sounds tough for both of you. And in a moment, we're going to come back to see how we might be able to transform it into something that has a little bit more peace for everyone. And meanwhile, let's go back to Sigal. Thank you, Mickey. Conflict Hotline is a live program about the common challenges we all face in our relationships, at home, and in the world. It's about what awareness and skills we can develop to face those situations more successfully. We are an all-volunteer effort, and we're affiliated with Bay Area Nonviolent Communication. If you'd like us to use your situation in a future show, please email us at conflicthotline at baynvc.org. Now let's see what happens when we bring some consciousness and skills to this situation. Thank you. So, Sam, yeah. I get a sense that this is way not the first time it happens. No, it's every morning. And that this is incredibly stressful because you're really trying to make things happen and go to school and work and everything is on a timeline for you. Absolutely, yeah. It's really difficult to have this child that you kind of like beside yourself to know how to make it all happen. Yeah, I think maybe one day a week we, we get out the door in, in an easy fashion. But other than that, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, and the, what, what I am uh, imagining is that the stress of having to go out the door combined with the history of all the times when it didn't work creates for a lot, makes for a lot of tension in you even before you start speaking to her. Is oh, that true? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I already know I'm going to get a no before I even ask. Yeah. So I want to check something with Emily before, before we start. And then I'm wondering, Emily, I know you're only three, but you probably can uh, feel certain things. Do you feel tension when he comes to ask you to put the shoes on? Yes. Yeah, and I, I bet it's not pleasant. No. I, I just want to play. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So the, the, the difficulty is that the dynamic, like you're saying, in a way becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. By the very fact of your coming already tense, you're reducing the chances of having an outcome that you like. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm hearing the but. <laughs> well, I, uh, it's an and. I guess I am tense. Uh, yes. It's not just it's not just Emily. I, I feel bad 
raising my voice, and I'm like, I just want some cooperation. I just want some compliance, because yeah. I already am stressed. Right. So the, the, this is where it gets really hard, because in reality, her inner experience is completely different from yours. She, she doesn't have any time constraints. I know. <laughs> she doesn't have anything that is creating pressure on her other than you. So if you want to create a situation of cooperation, there's co there in cooperation. There's something very profound that I understood some years ago, that there's a difference between cooperation and obedience. And if you want obedience, then that's one thing. But cooperation is two people working together. It's not the same as one person does what the other person wants. Mm -hmm. Now, I totally get that you want to get out the door. The yeah. question is, how can you create something that includes her, her different rhythm, and, and the reality that uh, your time is so stressed? This is one of the hardest situations for any parent mm. that I've ever encountered. So I'm curious. Mm. Um, just anything that comes up for you about this. Oh, and I guess uh, hearing that it's a hard situation for other parents brings me a certain amount of relief, I guess. Or You're not alone. I'm not alone. Um, I guess it's frustrating because, because I, I, I asked her to be ready five minutes ago. And mm -hmm. So in some ways, that was my, my attempt to create more space or mm -hmm. have patience. And so... I hear what you're saying about cooperation, but I guess I really want obedience to my, my first demand, my first request, um, to have mm -hmm. her ready in five minutes. Yeah, I, I can completely appreciate that you would want that. And the thing is that a part of what, what is hard to understand is that when you ask her and you tell her five minutes from now, I'm not even confident that she understands the meaning of it in the way that it, that it is for you. Mm -hmm. Five minutes is not something that uh, 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 that body feels. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, what's funny is that we tend to forget that children don't think in the same way that we do. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of like most parents think that children think the same way and feel differently, but it's actually the opposite. They feel the same way, they think differently. Mm. So the question is, is there a way for you to enter her world, even for a moment, to provide a bridge for her to join your world? Um, I'm open. How, how, do I try, how do I do that? What is most important to her? Well, right now, I would say it's drawing. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that because she's drawing. Mm -hmm. So. I'm wondering if you can try out, first of all, having an extra five minutes in the morning during which you have the space to look at the picture for a moment mm -hmm. so that there can be that kind of resting in the connection. Mm -hmm. Because the connection is what you can lean on to, br to come into your world, which is different from hers. You want to try that out? Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, what are you doing, Emily? 
I'm uh, making flowers. You're drawing flowers? Mm-hmm. And mountains. <laughs> flowers and mountains? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. may, may I look at your, uh, at your flowers and mountains? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can, I can see that shape there. That looks a lot like a flower. Mm -hmm. Will you show me where the mountains are? These, these are I want to pause mountains. because I think you're taking more time than you actually have. Um, I, I don't feel like I've taken too much time, and yet because even the financial question was, was more time than I guess normally I tell myself I have. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that doing this calmed you down too. Yeah. So the, there's something amazing here because she has something to offer you if you're just open to her world. Mm -hmm. And that's a quality of peace <laughs> and being in the moment. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that? No, very much so, yeah. yeah. Now I'm, I'm actually wanting to spend more time <laughs> looking at the picture and discussing mountains and flowers than the obligations, I guess, that, that I, I also have to, or I tell myself I have to, I have to tend to. Mm -hmm. So, but how do I transition? How do you transition? Some way of saying, of conveying something like, you know, like, that's so sweet, I'm so glad to see this, and wondering if now you're ready to put your shoes on and go to school. Mm. Um, I want to thank you for, for showing me your pictures, Emily. Um, are you ready to, to put your shoes on now and, and, and come to school? Yeah, can I continue to draw in the car? Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. In fact, would you like me to pack up your, your drawing supplies for you? Yes, please. Okay. How did that feel? I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, there, I'm torn between some skepticism that it would work mm -hmm. and also really feeling, uh, feeling that peace you were talking about, a sense of, of, of delight or, or, or a more in harmony with how I would like to be mm -hmm. with my daughter than, than the way I yeah. normally sound. Yeah, so, so what you, uh, let's get to the skepticism in a moment because mm. I, I, I really want to uh, um, address that. But for one thing, what I'm getting is that this way of interacting is more aligned with how you want to be as a parent. Absolutely. There's a, there's a sense of tragedy that I have that so often because of the pressures of life, the quality of communication between parents and children, especially young children, is a stream of instructions. Mm -hmm. Do this, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do this, don't do that. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, do this. Mm -hmm. You recognize it? Yeah, yeah. And, and in that exchange, the, the magic of being together, of accompanying a child on this incredible journey, of having the journey of watching your child grow kind of gets lost. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's one thing. Second, if you approach her like this, when she gets ready to put her shoes on, it's not going to be out of fear. Yeah. This was more fun to have him interact with you this way, wasn't it? Yeah. I liked it when he looked at my picture. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, I, I really feel quite moved right now. There's a lot stirred inside me because of how clear I am that this is how I would rather interact with my daughter. And, and especially what you said about fear, really wanting 
there to be an absence of fear in, in my relationship with my daughter. And still, the skepticism, the skepticism so let's, is there. Yeah. Let's approach it. Let's kind of like take apart what it means for something to work. And let's look at short term and long term. Very often, I see parents compromise the long term for the short term. Like Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In other words, get the child out the door, no matter what the cost is, and lose the sweetness of the connection over time. Yeah. Then you end up reaching teenage years, which we'll look at later in this program. And, and here's the logic. If you're trying to control the child, it's a losing game. Mm -hmm. Over time, the child will have more and more capacity and power to push back. And the more power to push back they have, the more they will. Mm. If you build a foundation of collaboration, it only gets stronger over time. So um, in the moment, trying to get out the door, you may not be able to do this. Outside the situation, you might be able to. For example, I want to see if you can try to have a conversation with Emily, no matter how young she is. Let's say we didn't have this sweet exchange right now. Mm. And see if she might have any ideas for how to make it work in the morning. Just present the dilemma to her. And this would not be at no. 8 in the morning? This would no, be no, this would be time. some other time when you're seated, sitting together and you're having a sweet time. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Emily, uh, do you, do you remember this morning when we were trying to get ready for school? Yeah. Um, was that fun? No, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't really like it very much either. Um, I really want the mornings to be more fun, and I also really want to, to get out the door in the morning. Do you, do you have any ideas about how we could make the mornings more fun? And still get out the door in time. And because still get out the door in time. See, the thing is that you want to make what is important to her and what is important to you part of the solution. Mm. If you just ask her, what can we do to make it more fun? Just come look at my pictures for the whole morning. <laughs> so in asking the question, you want to include both of you already. Mm. Do you have any ideas how we can make it more fun and get out the door? so that I can get to work in time. Mm. How can we do, what can we do to make it work in the morning? Mm. You'll be surprised. Sometimes they will have ideas that you didn't even think about. Mm. My sister and her partner, when their son was about two, then they brought dilemmas to him. About a quarter of the time, he would come up with suggestions that neither one of them thought about. Mm. Mm. So try it out, see what happens. Um, Emily, I, I, I really want to make the mornings more fun for both of us. And it's a lot of fun for me when, when I get to work at the time I'd like to be there. Is it really fun? It, for me, it's more fun. It's, it's very stressful when I get to work, when, when I'm late or when later than people would like me to be there. So it is more fun for me to, mm -hmm. to be there on time. And at the same time, I, I want it to be fun for you. So I'm wondering, do you have any ideas of how the we can make the morning more fun and get out at the time Daddy wants to get out? I want to be able to f finish my picture 
Um, can you help me finish a picture? Um, before, you, before you even deal with this, do you see how just asking her the question, she's engaging at a different level yeah. already? Yeah, yeah. Even asking the question in that moment that she takes, you're already together. Yeah. And if you start changing the culture of your dialogue to have this happen more and more and more, there's going to be less and less and less friction between you. Do you see that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I noticed that you were starting to say, I'm worried. And I want you to start off with a thank you, Emily, mm. because she's trying to do what you asked her to do. She's mm. trying to work with you. Do you feel that? Mm -hmm. Let mm -hmm. her know. She put a lot of effort into this. I could mm -hmm. see on her face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone there. I really appreciate that coaching. So um, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. I, I, really, I really like that idea. Um, sounds like you'd like some help finishing the, those pictures in the morning. That would really make it more fun for you, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, do you have any idea of, of how you'd like that help? Well, maybe um, you can look and give me ideas while you're packing my lunch. <laughs> so, you, so you'd show me your pictures while I was packing your lunch? Yeah. Um, and you could tell me some colors to add that you would like to see in my picture, too. Would you, would you be willing to do that after you put your shoes on? Yeah. I mean, obviously things might change in the morning, but just hearing your yes, I, I really I'm, I feel that there's a partnership here that I'm appreciating. This is exactly the kind of thing that where there's a back and forth designed to make things work for both of you. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question. Let's say, you know, dad connects with um, Emily. Emily, and she still says no. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, maybe this is the first time and they haven't quite gotten it out yet. And, she's, and you know, does he get to, at some point, just pick her up and take her out the door and bring her to the car? I mean, what happens? How many times can he be late to work, you know? Yeah. So the thing is, uh, there's what you do and there's the intentionality with which you do it. So if the situation is such that he really needs to get out the door, just needs to get out the door. Mm -hmm. Then he'll pick her up and take her out the door and express his mourning about doing it. I'm so sad to be picking you up. I know that that's not what you want. I wish I could stay home with you and draw pictures all day long. I just don't know how to do that. I really need to get back to work and I'm so sorry. Or something like mm. this that conveys to her that he cares about her needs. He's just beyond imagination about how to meet her needs. Mm -hmm. And that starts to, to build the trust even if yes. it's, we hope. We know. <laughs> it's certainly more trust than stop that, you have to go. Uh -huh. All right, thank you. And I'm, I'm also curious to know if there's anything that either of you can say that you took from this uh, show, from, the, from this uh, role play. Um. Sam in particular. Yeah, I, I guess I'm really struck at just how, I'm kind of overwhelmed in fact by just how much power and resource I have. Mm -hmm. 
and to, to create the type of connection that yes. I want. Right? And what you said about, about my daughter, about Emily, um, having the same feelings but thinking differently and being attuned to that and aware of how much power and recess I have is really, is really humbling for me, actually. Thank you. Anything you want to say, Emily, before we take a break? I would really like Daddy to be happier. Mm. Thank you. Thanks so much. We'll be back with another scenario. See you soon. Welcome back to the Conflict Hotline. We have a caller on the line, Denise from Santa Rosa, and Mickey's going to tell us a little bit about her situation. Hi, Denise. Welcome into the studio. So as I understand it, uh, Denise, who is going to be played by Barbara, um, has a 17-year-old son, Tim, who's going to be played by Jared. And the situation is that um, Tim smokes pot. Wow. And uh, Denise is not happy about that. It's very, very concerned about it. And uh, it's kind of, you're kind of beside yourself trying to figure out what to do about the situation because you've tried to talk with him and it hasn't really gone very far. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So Denise, the real Denise, on the phone, is there anything you'd like to add to this before we plunge into the role play? Are you there, Denise? Hello? I'm not hearing anything, so we're just going to uh, continue as if, you know, yeah. you know assuming that... Assuming she can hear us, yeah. we'll keep going. Okay, so let's see what a typical conversation would look like about this topic and then see what we can do to transform that. Have you been smoking again, Tim? What's the big deal about it? What's the big deal, Mom? Really? What's the big deal? I mean, really? After all this, really? You're getting all worked up again. It's not a big deal. It's a big deal, Tim. You're throwing it, your life away. It's a big deal to you, Mom. I'm fine. I'm really fine. Y you won't be fine. So, thank you. I can really see that for you, this is like, you know, you cannot even stand to hear one more word from her. Yeah. And that you are just so exhausted and frightened about this. And yet connection is not happening here. Movement is not happening here for either one of you. You're not successful at getting her off your back. And you're not successful at getting the outcome that you want. Yes. Correct? This, yes. this method has not really worked out. Yes. So in order to create any kind of transformation, it's once again trying to focus on shifting it from outcome to connection. And it's a very, very difficult shift to make when you know, the whole future of your son is, from your perspective, on the line. How can you even open your heart to just being with what is? It's almost like a, um, there is like an illusion that we can control our children. And we hold on to that illusion because, you know, if I could only control him, then he would stop. And then everything would be fine. Isn't it some, something like that? Like I, I, used to, I used to be able to, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get back to that. I don't think so. The, the reality is we can never make anybody else do anything. What we can do is we can make 
uh, we can create consequences that are going to be very unpleasant, but we can't actually make them do anything. You can when you have an infant. You can pick the infant up and take it from one place to another. But you can't make anybody do something. You can only create fear by promising really difficult consequences. That difference is really huge, and I'm wondering if, if you can see what I mean. Mm -hmm. Do you yes. think you can actually make him stop smoking pot? Not really. Thank you. I bet that's a really painful thing to acknowledge. It's scary. Yeah. So let's be with that fear for a moment. Because that fear makes it really hard to engage with him in a, in a heartfelt, connected way. It's like there's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of grief for you. Yeah. I want his help in keeping him safe. Yeah. And part of the tragedy is that he doesn't see this. When you approach him the way that you do, he doesn't see your heart. I, I want to double check it with him, but um, what you're seeing now is probably something you've never seen before. No, I've never seen it before. Yeah. You think it's obvious, but you're actually protecting yourself all the time. Because you're supposed to make him, so the connection doesn't matter. So without any further coaching, I want you to st try to connect with him just from the truth of this place and, and just let's see what happens when you try. Um, Don't collect yourself before yeah, you speak with yeah. him. Yes, Tim, I, I, um, I s want so much for you to have such a really full life and... I can't help but imagine that um, your smoking pot is really going to interfere with that. I, I, it breaks my heart to think of you not having all the opportunities that you want in life. And I have a lot of fear that you won't have those. Thank you. So now you express this incredible vulnerability. And you probably want to know that that was received in some way. You want to know what's in this heart in response or something. So can you ask him for something that will give you a sense that there's connection? Do you get a sense of what I want for you. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Yeah. You want me to do what you want me to do. That was a no. Yeah. See, this, this is the, uh, thank you, Tim, because I think his response shows, kind of like in stark colors, the, the tragedy of what happens in parenting. That um, they, and, and here's how it goes, the need for autonomy for the child is so strong that it filters everything that comes from the parent. So the, the care, the worry, the, the interest in the child's life, the 
the dreams for the future all get obliterated and seen through, you're trying to make me do something. Especially when you have 17 years of trying to make your child do something, it's not going to happen overnight that he can see your heart. So um, what I'm getting is that it will require some effort to make contact. Still, I imagine that on your end, this conversation felt very different from the previous ones, didn't it? Can you say what was different? Um, I have a clearer sense of why this matters to me, mm -hmm. just having named it. Yeah. Thank you. So you know what matters to you. Now comes the other part. If you remember from before, we're talking about how do we make something that works for both of you? How do we prioritize the connection? How do we include him? What do you think matters to him? Do you have any sense? Mm. Having fun, getting to choose things that he enjoys, um, being with friends in a way he wants to be with his friends. Great. So why don't you check with him? Any one of these things, just you can just ask him, Tim, do you smoke pot because? And see, and he will tell you. Mm -hmm. Tim, do you, do you smoke pot because you enjoy the way it helps you uh, interact with your friends? It's fun. It's fun. It's fine, uh, and I, I'm totally responsible about it. I, you know, I'm not a pothead. I don't. I don't smoke pot all the time. I just smoke every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So um, what I'm hearing is something else that is profoundly important to him that I know is true for just about any teenager. Mm -hmm. He wants to be trusted. I want to check to see if Denise is on the line with us before we continue so we're not too far afield from the reality of her situation. Denise, are you there? Okay, so we lost Denise um, and we hope that we are playing it in a way that will be helpful to Denise. It's too bad that she's not there. but um, So do you understand that experience of wanting to be trusted? Mm -hmm. See if you can reflect to him that you understand it. Because mm -hmm. that is not what he said. What he said is, mm -hmm. I'm responsible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you can see through that to what the mm -hmm. real human need is that you have also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do, do, you, do you want me to know that you're being careful and, are able, and, and taking care of yourself and want me to trust in that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if there's even a little tiny bit of relief from having her get that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's relief there. Yeah, definitely. So keep trying to see, to understand what else is true there. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you a tip, which is um, that the quality of relationship between you is more of the issue right now than the smoking pot itself. So if you 
if you, um, if you can make the contact with him, then he might feel freer to tell you about the pot smoking. When he trusts that this is a genuine exchange, a genuine dialogue um, designed for mutual understanding rather than designed to get him to stop, then there is going to be like, ah, okay, can I, I can talk with my mom. Right now, he's over there thinking, my mom doesn't get it, I can't talk with her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See if you can stretch to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. are, are you tired to death of this conversation around you smoking? Uh, I mean, it's not really a conversation. Mm -hmm. You just tell me what you think and you don't ever listen to me. Yeah. It's beautiful. You start interacting with another person and they tell you what they want. They just tell you, as soon as you give any indication that you want to hear. Now it comes in a very tough form, and it comes in the form of, you never listen to me. If you just listen through the words, he's saying, I'm not trusting the quality of the conversation because I want you to also listen to me. Very simple, right there. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're in business. And, and He'd really like for me to actually ask you how things are for you and plan on hearing from you rather than just saying what's on my mind. Sort of. I mean, uh, it'd be nice once in a while to just tell you about my life without getting so much judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Breathe. This ain't easy. But what is it telling you that he wants? Mm -hmm. So you, you'd like me to hear that without having judgment about what it is you share with me, just to be able to hear it and know what's it's happening for you. And trust that I'm, that I'm smart, I'm taking care of myself, um, you know, that I'm going to get into a good college. Yeah, maybe a little faith that I am learning how to take care of myself and that I can take care of myself. That would go a long way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really, you'd like me to trust that you are capable. Yeah, I mean, more than trust, I, I am capable. Yeah, and to see you for your capability. Yeah, that'd be great. Now you see how much more flow there is now. And remember, understanding someone, whether they're your child or not, is not the same as agreeing with them. It doesn't mean that you now have to say, well, I do trust, thank you, do whatever you want. It's just understanding that that's what he wants. The skeleton is rotting in the grave. Hi, we're back with the conflict hotline. We didn't get Denise on the line, but we're gonna keep going with this situation because there's still a lot more to learn here, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And I'm particularly wondering about what's going on for Denise here as she's continuing mm -hmm. to connect with her son. I'm guessing that there's something like, but I, you got to stop smoking going on still in you. Because if it was me, that's how I'd be feeling because mm -hmm. I'm still attached to him saving his brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering how, how this can still work that way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So in a way, there's, there's an amazing you know, parallel, you know, major age difference, but amazing parallel between the previous one and this one. It's, it's kind of like the outcome and the connection. Mm. And, and so the part of the deal is that there's a question of timing. At this juncture, before this conversation, there wasn't any flow going back and forth of either one of you hearing the other. Um, right now, there's one-way flow. One way is better than zero way, as far as I can tell. One way is nowhere near as good as two way. Without two way, you can't really transform a conflict. So the question as parent is, how do I make enough space inside myself to hear my child long enough and spaciously enough so that there's room for me to be heard? Because unless there's room for me to be heard, the only thing I can do is force. And forcing loses after a certain time. We can't do that. So then there's the whole question, and I think that's a bit of what you're alluding to, is what do you do inside to make it even possible to stay the course? Mm. Because it's really tough. Has it been tough for you to be in this conversation with him? Yes. I'm, I'm not feeling like we're going to get to a, a place where he can really hear and, and trust that I really do care. He's and not interested want him in your to care. enjoy his life. And He's not interested in your care right now. He's only, right now, he's not interested in you yet. Mm -hmm. He's only interested in his own freedom and having room for himself. Mm -hmm. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I can hear her. She's not going to get what she wants. Yeah. So the question is, what you do inside, as I understand it, is to keep reminding yourself what matters to you and soothing yourself inside to give yourself strength to stay with the conversation until the space to hear exists. And that is a big challenge. However, I think that ultimately that takes less work than stoking up the fire of the fighting. Because I'm imagining, I'm hoping, that despite the difficulty, there is something here that feels different and hopeful. Isn't there? there there's been some listening, which is brand new. For you? Mm -hmm. And I think from Tim. I don't know. But the, 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 you're saying that there's been some for you. Is there anything? that you're getting from being able to hear him? Yeah, I, that, that he really doesn't, <coughs> he, he really wants me to trust him. And, and what's that like for you to understand that? How does that affect you? Um, it, it makes me a little anxious because I'm Concerned about some of his choices. Because you don't trust me. Mostly, I do. In where it matters to him, you don't. 
So th this is a place to say the truth. Yeah. And you want to say it in a way that honors him. Something like, I'm, I'm going to impersonate you for a moment. You know, I so get that you want me to trust you, and I so much want to trust you, and I don't know what to do about the fact that I don't. Now that sounds different from you shouldn't. Do you feel the difference? It's truth-telling. Did it feel different to you? Yeah, I, I, I felt really different. Tell me what the difference was. Um, it was about you. Like I heard you, I heard what your, your experience was, and you weren't telling me what I can or can't do. Yeah. And that begins the very thin tendril of connection around which you can weave more and more truth-telling back and forth, because there's also a lot of things that he has never told you. Yeah. Wouldn't dare. And somehow the paradox is, I'm guessing, when you hear this truth-telling from me, I'm guessing there's going to be a little bit more room for you to say something truthful. Isn't there? I think what was, was hard for me about what you said is that I would like you to trust me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to do what I want to do. I want to make choices in my life. I'm not going to sacrifice, you know, who I am in the world to, to get that trust, but I'd like to have that trust and be who I want to be in the world. To me, that's the kind of relationship I'd like to have with my mom. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, this is just a step, and um, I bet you have a question. Do you? I'm still just wondering how to separate from the outcome. You know, if it was me, you know, I would, I'd be coming up with consequences, even still. And I'm nervous about, I mean, yes, this is the kind of conversation I'd want to have, and yet, how do I, merge that with my sense of like, okay, and if I find it on you, you know, you're grounded. The, I think that what you need is a high degree of honesty with yourself. And the, the question is this, has the consequences approach supported less smoking of pot? Has it? I'm not sure. There you go. <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> it supported more smoking of pot happening in the ways that you don't know. You, that's what I started out by saying. You cannot actually control your children, especially not at 17. You just cannot. And so your choices are to fight or to connect. And what about getting him to say back what's important to her? I mean, like, what if mom just needs to know that Tim understands where she's coming from? Then she, she cares about my brain. I get it. Is it good for you to hear that? I, I would like to be seen for more. I know you've heard those words so many times that 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 I haven't. Explain more about your brain is just the key to you having so much enjoyment in your life. Okay, so you want 
my brain to be healthy so I can enjoy life. Yeah. I guess it's just hard for me to take that in fully because it seems so obvious to me. Of course, I want that for myself. Of course, you want that for me. You're my mom. And it doesn't seem, it seems so obvious to me that all like the punishment and consequences of my behavior over the last you know, year and a half around this. Like for that, for something that seems so obvious to me, it's, it's kind of makes me sick. Yeah. I... So one other thing that I'm getting is it's not possible to move through this in a painless way. There's so much pain on both sides that in order to go anywhere, the pain has to be dealt with. You, you need to look at the truth of what is happening, to put things on the table, to create connection. And that doesn't happen overnight. You can't get like this and have results. And that's part of what makes it so tough, is the, the willingness to prioritize the relationship and, and let things emerge. And the only thing that helps is to remember that the other one is an illusion. It doesn't actually create the results that you want. It's very hard to remember that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have another, I'm, I'm gonna speak up for the skeptic viewers again. Um, so, for instance, when do we have this conversation? Do we have it about everything? Do we have it about what he eats? Do we have it about what kind of shoes he wears? Do we have it about how much he can use the car? I mean, there's all sorts of things where I'm nervous about protecting him. And it's really good reasons. I have really good reasons for not wanting him to eat certain things or wanting to mm -hmm. wear these particular shoes, right, if I'm mom. Yeah. So when do I, do I have this conversation with every single thing? Can I just put some rules down? Like, no, you're not allowed to wear those shoes. You can try, and if you've been around parents of teenagers, you know how much trying that helps. The, the tragedy here, here is that, in the way that I see it, if you have this conversation in full, in full, and I underline in full, not like performer, let's have a conversation, well, it didn't work, now we're going to do the consequences. Mm. If you really get to the bottom of any one issue, it makes conversation about anything else easier. I don't think I could have a conversation in full, with full underline, with just her, I think. I'd need someone else, because I don't, I don't have the trust that I would, I would be held with the kind of just respect that I would like. So you're saying you, you'd like some outside support? Well, I'm saying if you, when you hear you say the word full and you have it underlined there, I know that I, I would need some outside support to have that conversation. You, in other words, you don't trust her. No. And that's what happens. Neither one of them trusts the other. And that is the fundamental thing that is underneath all these other issues. Because what happens is when she doesn't trust him, every behavior that he does, well, I can't trust that he's going to take care of himself. It doesn't matter what it is, food or shoes or movie or car or whatever. When he doesn't trust her is, you know, like, I'm not going to listen to anything she says because she's just trying to control me. However, if you transform the parameters and they really talk to each other, sometimes, excuse me, with outside help because the level of mistrust is so high that neither one of them can open up sufficiently 
to be present for the other. So you, um, often it needs outside help. Once you get to a place of both of them really fully hearing each other, all the other conversations become easier. So any one issue is just a doorway into what's going on in this relationship. And it's been going on for years. Because if you remember Sam and Emily, that's when it starts. Right there is the foundation of what erupts later when there is all these years an attempt to control the child. So I'm curious to see another example, actually, of, of, of sort of in the middle age as those years are happening. And we only have a few minutes left, and I'm wondering if we could do it just really quickly, because we really only have about mm -hmm. three or four minutes. Yeah. So we had another example, and I want to just jump into it, just to see yeah. what the mid-level might be. So who's who here? Um, we have an eight-year-old. You're going to be eight. And you want to go see Harry Potter, mm -hmm. the newest Harry Potter movie, yeah. and your mom, and you don't want to let him go see it. So, so help us work work the magic in this situation as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, mom, um, have you made up your mind yet? Or are you going to take me to see Harry Potter? I, I did make up my mind. You're not going. So I want to pause because just this bit of conversation already has all the features that are, are guaranteeing progressively less connection. Because to begin with, it puts the power in the parent, and the child can only submit or rebel. Can I go assumes a separate relationship. It's so very different from I'd like to go and I'd like to hear your opinion. Let's talk about it. And that starts from the parent, not from the child. So how, what's just the one thing she might say just to start that conversation differently? Just, yeah. So first of all, there needs to be some acknowledgement of that kind of conversation, that kind of relationship not being there. So you can start out by saying, you know, Hearing that you say, have, have you made up your mind, can I go, is, shows me that the quality of decision making that we have with each other is not what I want. And I want to try to work on changing it. And you know, it's been years, so it might take some time and it might be clunky initially. I just want to try. Great. Does that mean I can see Harry Potter? That means that I want us to really make a decision together. And that means for me to really hear what it is that makes you want to go, and for you to really hear why I'm so concerned about your going. And then see if we can reach a decision that either gives me comfort about my concerns, or gives you a, a real willingness to not go because you understand my concerns. And we reach that together. That's what I want. Are you game for having that uh, conversation? Yeah, anytime, yeah. Yeah. At eight, it's much easier to start that conversation than at 17, mm -hmm. because there's still enough trust left that just saying it, he's already trusting me. At 17, he would go, yeah, right. You know, another one of your ploys, did you just take a workshop mm -hmm. or something? But is it worth it to start at 17 so that at 25 and 30, it's gonna, it might be different? It's, it's, in where I come from, it's always worth it. It's worth it with your 
uh, toddlers, with your, you know, with your preteens, with your teenagers, and between nations. It's never too late to create a relationship that transforms the, the power dynamics and the attempt to control each other. And what I'm really getting is the importance of the trust between whoever, between the parties, mm -hmm. and yeah. that the honesty about the dynamic is one of the things that builds that trust. Yeah. So and I'm curious to hear what you guys uh, are taking away from Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I wanted to know, if you can kind of like say like one nugget of what, what uh, stands out to you from these role, these role plays, the two that we did, two um, and a half. The, the, I guess the nugget that's, that's most alive for me is I, I have I found in my uh, characters much more willingness to really hear what her experience was mm -hmm. when there was some more space for mm -hmm. mine. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, and just to encapsulate that, I was really thinking with this Harry Potter scenario, had we gone further, I was willing to own that the movie might be scary for mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And that actually my preferred strategy would be to see it with someone I knew who cared about my brain. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to see it. I wasn't able to let go of that, but yeah. there was so much yeah. more room for her in, in my experience of, of what I could imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, my experience in, in, in that character was being just devastated um, at so being so driven by how I want to help him that it, it, you know trying so hard to control for his safety that yeah. I've done damage in that. Yeah, it's, it's like it reminds me of what Marshall Rosenberg has been saying for years. What do you want your child to do is one thing. The second question, the important question is, what do you want your child's reasons to be for doing it? And if your child does things out of fear, you're not really getting what you want. So that's why you want to have a different kind of relationship. Well, Thank I'm you. imagining that we there's so much more to talk about here. We just sort of scratched the surface of <laughs> yeah. parenting, and we're going to have to do some more parenting shows. Absolutely. So this is the end of our time together. And if you like what you saw today and want to learn these tools, call our organization, Bay Area Nonviolent Communication, or look at our website for training opportunities. In particular, we have two very exciting events coming up. They're both called Making Collaboration Real, and they will be on how to apply these skills in the workplace. You can also make a donation to support the production of this show on the website. Our contact information is repeated at the end of this program. Also, we want to hear your feedback, so please send us your comments or scenarios that you want us to play. Send them to conflicthotline at baynvc.org. Before we go, I want to thank our role players, Jared and Barbara, and I want to thank our conflict coach, Mickey, and I want to thank the all-volunteer crew. We hope you'll join us again next month on April 7th for another hour of the Conflict Hotline at 7.30. You can also see past episodes of the show at YouTube slash BayNVC. Until next month, I'm Seagal Shoham. I hope to see you then. Good night. I take a deep, dark breath of my fear Breathe out compassion to myself I take a deep dark breath of your fear Breathe out compassion to you And the next breath is for all the people Who can relate to me and you mm. You cannot see eye to eye Won't you step up with me and try 
drop the fences down, find the common ground, and take a deep breath.